What it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonov71. And we're here with Season 1, Episode 21 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. As usual, in the digital studio, we get my main men in crime, or main partners in crime, rather. We got the Bay Area Terror, Dez, a.k.a. Nemo Cub. What's going on, bro? Not much. How are you doing, my friend? Not bad, not bad. We've got also got the Food Max of Gaming who will maximize your gaming dollar. We got Trader Joe. Fun. How's it going, dude? What's going on, guys? I am not good. Much. Not much. Good, good, good. So um, our topic for this week, um, there's this little kind of retro unit that launched uh came out this week is called the snes classic now um there was the 8-bit the 8-bit nes classic that i think everybody wanted to get their hands on but was but weren't able to um one of the neat things that happened with the fortunate few that seemed to be able to get a hold of one is the fact that uh, the unit could be hacked by which you could add additional NES ROMs. Not that we are condoning such things. If you do not own the own the cartridges, <laughs> wink, wink, hint, hint. I was like <laughs> hacked. Oh no! Really? Bad, bad kids do that stuff. We're not bad kids. <laughs> no. Bad, bad hacker, bad hacker. Um, well, it wasn't too long after the release of the SNES that, uh, hey, guess what? They figured out how to add ROMs to that unit as well. And uh, fortunately, it seems that Nintendo has uh, learned a little bit from its prior mistakes with the 8-bit NES, and the unit seems to be a little more widely available. Uh, I say a little because, uh, well, if it, if it wasn't for the kindness of, of Joe, as we mentioned in last week's episode, uh, I don't think either I or Desmond would be ha- would have access to one at this point. Um, I've been on vacation, so I haven't had the opportunity to, to uh, uh, pay Joe and pick my pick mine up yet, but. Um, before we get into the the hacking thing, uh, Joe or Desmond, have have either one of you had a chance to uh, mess with the unit, kind of get into the nuts and bolts and the games of it? Well, unfortunately, I do not have it yet, um, as I as I need yeah. to uh, I need to go to Fresno to pick it up um, because Joe is uh, the one that has it. Um, so I have not been able to, but I do have some. Um, a lot of interesting things to talk about with regards to this, with regards to this, um, to this, um, system. So when we get to that portion, I'm, I, I have a lot of stuff to talk about. So Joe, you're the one that actually, you know, has it and has, has done stuff with it. What, what are your thoughts? Done. I haven't done anything. I've looked at it. I bought it. Basically (laughs) is what I've done with it. Uh, I'm looking at box. I am turning my head right now. I see three evenly stacked SNES classic boxes just sitting here in my computer room, just uh, uh, hanging out along with everything else. Just kicking it, <laughs> Unfortunately, huh? Just kicking it, yeah. 
on there. Uh, one of the things why I haven't hooked it up yet is that um, I've been meaning to buy a, a, a HDMI splitter on there, a four, like, you know, a switch box basically on there. And so I'm looking to put it in my living room versus putting it in my game room on there, at least to store it there. Cause it's so, it's so portable for one, the NES classic mine kind of floats around wherever uh, it's just sitting in my game room uh, on a shelf right now but uh it's a point that you know i do intend on giving this more of a go and i think it would be something that'd be better served in my living room because it'd give access for everyone that you know might come to visit or uh also for my wife as well so because she could probably play a game or two off there so and so that's my Big grandiose game plan. If, if Destiny Two wasn't in existence, I probably would have opened it by now. But uh, <laughs> no, with right. uh, with work and everything else, I'm on vacation right now. So it's like uh, I will take the time this week to uh, at least unbox it. Uh, might mess around with the um, Hack Chi, which is Hack Chi Two, is the um, uh, program that you use to go ahead and do the um, hacking of the SNES Mini. It's also the same program that's used to hack the NES Mini as well. So, and it's very easy to use from what I've seen. So, so have the uh, bugs been worked out of it, or or have there been any bugs of note that may cause bricking? No bricking. Yeah. No, I believe just like the NES. Uh, classic it sets aside a certain partition on your computer to be able to restore the unit to its original um, firmware and software and that kind of thing so okay. on there so it actually is, works well in that way uh, right now with the um, Hackchi 2 um, program right now is about 75% of the games are working fine in the actual emulator on the SNES Classic on there, but they uh, have a workaround to put a different emulator on <laughs> uh, the SNES Classic for any problem games, quote unquote. So, mm -hmm. so, do they have an active list of uh, games that are causing a problem? Rather, yeah, there's a, a list online which you know if you look around on there and it's conveniently located in our out, uh, uh, outline for this episode, but we could share that with you listeners. Once we do release the episode, it's a, a Google doc uh, that has all the information uh, on as far as what's compatible right now. It's been updated okay. as needed. So, well, that's great. That's That's good to, good to know. And I will probably be doing something like that. Uh, once I get a hold of my unit, assuming that uh, the the workaround is Mac compatible, um, hopefully now, it is. Now it's going to be, and Nintendo, I don't think, has any intention on patching this thing. I don't think they have a way to patch it. So it, basically, this thing doesn't connect to the internet. It's going to connect, yeah, so there's no firmware update that can take place. So no. Okay. Pretty yeah, much well, exactly. assuming, you got it. Assuming, you got the, it. Uh, <laughs> assuming the actual uh, uh, program can be uh, executed on a Mac, I will definitely be taking a look at it. Otherwise, I may have to uh, Come borrow on my over. friend's uh, Windows-based <laughs> computer. Come on down. The the hack actually takes literally, like, I think, five to ten minutes to do. So. Oh, okay. It's not like, you know, drive over to my house, come pick up your unit 
bring bring that cash dollar and we hack your stuff and we take care of you <laughs> kill two birds with one stone <laughs> yeah something like that <laughs> unless you don't trust me and want to meet me at some third party place or something <laughs> that way i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rob you blind or something <laughs> i mean he's not kidding well, you know just saying <laughs> well you know folks the snes i think is a um i think we've mentioned we've mentioned uh when we talked about the 8-bit that the uh, SNES was a system that's a little nearer and dearer to our collective hearts. So while we were thinking about um, this new, this hack, which did, do we know if this hack took a shorter amount of time than the, the 8-bit hack? Oh, it took, well, basically it's working off the program that was used for NES Classic. So yeah, it did take a little bit longer for a reach around or a backdoor, quote unquote. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> yes, on there for it to kind of work its way on there. And basically the author of the NES uh, Classic hack just basically worked on his existing program. And I guess for whatever reason, the NES and uh, Super NES Classic uh, both are emulated in, a, in the same similar fashion as far as the program on there. They kept it the same, added some enhancements, of course. But uh, um, basically, that's the reason why it took, you know, literally like a week for this to happen. So, okay. Well, for our listeners out there who are interested in acquiring an SNES Classic, uh, there are 21 games on the unit. Um, I think everyone who has, I mean, they're obviously everyone's going to say, oh, this game should have had this game. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't add this game on yada, yada, yada. But I think the, the consensus is that the 21 titles that are included with the SNES classic is very good. Um, I know, I know personally that, uh, you know, I can't, I, I like the the Contra game that they've got on there. They've got, uh, I believe, Kirby Dreamland Course. So just those two games alone make it <laughs> make it worth the worth the investment in my book. Obviously, there's plenty more, as well as the uh, the unreleased uh, uh, Star Fox Two. Um. Well, let me ask you guys this. If you could come up, if you could wave your magic wand or actually uh, uh, wave your magic emulator, <laughs> what additional games? Let's, 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 let's kick it off with four. What four titles would you like to see uh, commercially available on the SNES Classic? If you, could ha- if you had the opportunity to sit in at Nintendo's corporate offices and they said you have the power to add four more games to this list of 21 uh what four titles would they be well for me it would honestly be um chrono trigger number one that's that's a given like i was very surprised that that wasn't on there in the first place i would definitely definitely uh add that one um why don't we do a round table so mine would be chrono trigger how about you joe what would you add uh, for me, at least, uh, love action games. So Cybernator, Cybernator from Konami, that game is like an unheralded classic. That thing needed to be on there. Um, obviously it's not, not the coolest game in town. It's not, not like the, the, 
Um, uh, Bill question, classic though, bet. question, you're killing yes. me on this, Joe. So, so we're talking about, you know, actual, like, because that game, you know, is super, super, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, help me out, you guys. You know what I'm looking for. You know. What? What? You're saying it's niche? Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on. <laughs> I mean, it would be awesome to have that game. But, I mean... I think you and maybe, you know, a couple other people probably bought that game. I mean, come on. You know, I would love to have that game on there, but but come on. Like like in the comments, please tell me if you even know what that game is, people. Like if you're if, if you're listening, you know, you know, let us know. Like what what game is that? Like I, I've never even heard of that game. I probably played it though. Like I'll tell you that. I probably played it. It's just I never knew what it was called. So that's like Street Fighter 2048 or whatever. Was that the 2049? And I have that game. Yeah, that's for, it, that's it, for the it, NES. I'm just it saying, you know, it's for the it NES. It's freaking but, amazing. <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying that the game is not, you know, the, the game you said, Joe, is not good. It's just like, come on, like, that's really like super, like, uh, wow. That's, I mean, I, I guess we're living in like, you know, hey, you know, this would have been like our, our grand super you know over the moon you know sort of sort of wishes but like i mean shit if we're gonna say that i would say like little nemo you know that little nemo game that came out for super nes that game was awesome that, that that's an nes game as that's well an NES sir, game so. too no there was a little nemo game that was for super nes nope nope Ugh. nope Ugh. nope i'm still I'm stuck in like 80s all right joe i'm sorry sorry for cutting you off joe you you continue on Yes. No. Well, Cybernator is an awesome game. So granted, it's not like high on the uh, sales list of the SNES back in the day. But uh, for those of us in the know, I mean, I, I, I would love to have that game on it officially. So. Okay. Um, I guess I'll pick mine. Number four is going to be a little bit difficult. Um, There was this. And I was it was a tie between a couple different games, but I'm gonna go with with my my original choice. It's this title called Legend. Uh, as you as folks know, uh, I'm I love beat 'em ups. That's that's my jam. So no surprise that just about every game on my four is gonna be a beat 'em up. So just just getting y'all prepared for that. Uh, there was this game that came out. I think it was it was in the early '90s. And it was called Legend. And basically, it was a one or two player co-op beat 'em up in which you were a swordsman, kind of like this um, uh, Dark Ages uh, type of motif, and you're fighting uh, orcs that all look the same, and you know they're made, they come to a midsection boss or main boss, and that was really the only differences that you saw in enemies. Very repetitive by today's standards, but oddly, it was very um, it it was very relaxing to play. Um, it wasn't necessarily a difficult game. It was a very long game. I will I will I will tell you that. Um, I have no idea how it did critically, but the game was fun and and it was had an interesting. Um, there was an interesting flow to the combat. You could get yourself into a rhythm uh, as the because the in the AI was always trying to surround you, and then you, there were never more than maybe three or f- three or four enemies on screen at one time. 
uh, even a little bit less if there was a second player playing. And uh, they were always trying to surround you. So you could, your player, your character could do this like backhanded slash that would pretty much one hit kill normal enemies and knock them off the screen. And you could get into like a flow where you could be attacking one person, do a backslash on someone coming up from behind you, and then reverse that same move, doing the same backslash to the opposite side for enemies rushing up, uh, rushing up from the right. And it really kind of it, it had a really interesting flow to the combat but you know most folks and probably even back then probably considered it extremely uh, rote in its uh, presentation and not a whole lot of comp not a whole lot of uh, meat in the fighting structure but uh I, I i dug it it was i i spent many an hour playing that game so uh num- legend is going to be my number four do you still own it, by the way, or do you, um, you trade it in? I do not. I do not. Regrettably, every game that I'm going to mention, <laughs> I no longer own. <laughs> I kick myself in the butt. Oh, because I'm just looking right now on eBay, and like a near-mint copy inbox is like around $1,500. So. Oh, my gosh. A, a loose copy. Uh, Jigga, uh, nope. go. <laughs> That's a loose lot of money. Loose copy goes for around uh, one forty to one sixty on eBay. Yeah. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Okay. So, yep. uh, so for my number three, I'd have to say, and I really enjoyed this game. And I don't, I, I don't like super beat 'em ups as much as Kevin does, but I definitely will have to say, um, and um, have to be Final Fight. You know, I, I, I enjoyed. Uh, that series, um, and I think that that would have been a uh, a really good game to have played on on this uh, on this system. Final Fight. Final Fight. Now, is this? Are you going with Final Fight Guy, or are you going with uh, the <laughs> Cody? original Cody? Or, In, uh, well, you know that game was released twice. Yeah, I did not know that. I've, I I yeah. only remember the 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 first one. Oh, hmm. well. Or the one yeah, that what? I, huh? I didn't realize it was two because I've always just been, you know, I, I always just thought it was the one where you, where you, where you, you know, you, 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 what is it? You, you, you jump kicked into the first stage and, and like kicked off the, uh, the, the, those barrels and you could like pick either, what is it? Either Guy or Cody or Hagar. Yeah. What happened with the Super Nintendo version is that they were not able to put all three characters on there. So the first game that came out for SNES only had Cody and Hagar and it was only single player. You can, we were not able to play it multiplayer on there. Yeah. yeah, And they wound up releasing Final Fight Guy, uh, which was only available at Blockbuster for rental that put Guy in place of Cody (laughs) and put Hagar in the game. So, because that was the one that, that was the one that I played. Because I remember, because I remember all three of them being there, and I didn't realize there was any different. Because I remember playing it in the arcade, and then like I was like, "Oh, you know, this is super cool," you know. Yeah, there's also Final Fight two and three for SNES. In fact, Final three Fight is three is good. yeah, three is maybe it was three then. Hmm. All I remember is I remember I think you had it, didn't you, Joe? 
Uh, well, I'm, I had everything at one point because I had a game yeah. doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You had a game doctor. You, you, uh, game you, doctor. You bad boy. Me and my fr- yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, I'm the one that, that failed in the end because I traded all my SNES games because I had them on floppy disk. And lo and behold, I should have kept all my SNES games. So. So it's a, a big life lesson. So kids don't do drugs. Kids don't buy the game doctor. Okay. <laughs> I remember too all those floppies. And again, you know, you have to understand with Joe. This is quick tangent. So Joe, like I've said before in previous episodes, has fantastic handwriting. You know, it's this big chunky block handwriting, so it's really great. And all of his stuff was marked. I think you even color coded them as well. Like you had blue ones and you had green ones and you had different you had them in different alphabetical order and and we would be like i, I remember oh i played so many so many uh dragon ball z games <laughs> on super nes oh my god <laughs> so but yeah I, uh one of those final fight games now i can't remember which one it was because it's been so long since i've played it hmm. yeah but it probably was three now that i think about it but well three had um guy in there but he had some of the moves from uh, street fighter alpha i think i remember right it wasn't that one i think it was two then anyway regardless you know final fight i remember that game um although i don't remember which one i played but i just remember just playing it and just kicking ass on it you know and I, and actually as a side note most of those most of those games that were the side scrolling snes games i really enjoyed um what was that one the um the punisher wasn't that one another one uh, Punisher was the only arcade, I believe. I don't know if it came yeah, out for there, there was no. That was uh, only arcade. No, it came, according to Wikipedia, it came out on the Mega Drive. Oh, on oh, on the Genesis, yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. I never played it because I never had a Genesis. I had a Genesis, but I don't remember. I don't remember. But maybe it was on the arcade that I played that. Oh, because I'm a huge comic fan. So when that that game came out, it was amazing. It was you and Nick Fury kicking ass. Just it's such a great game. Such a great game. But anyway, Joe, what is your number three? Number three is going to be another uh, niche title, quote unquote. But uh, the game that I'm looking to put on my SNES Classic is going to be the game called uh, Demon's Crest on there. And I don't know if you've ever played that game or not, but it's a sequel to a Game Boy game called Gargoyle's Quest. And you're actually playing... Yes. One of the little demons from the Ghouls and Ghosts series on there. And uh, Demon's Crest is a very, very good game on there. Side-scroller uh, action-adventure game uh, from Capcom came out a little bit later on in the SNES uh, life cycle. But uh, another game where, uh, you know, in a perfect world, this would be like my uh, uh, Desert Island discs. You know, this would be my, like... Uh, Unheralded, like SNES, my SNES classics on there. So I would love to get that game on there. Yeah. (laughs) You have your your stuff that you like. Yeah. All right, Kev, what's yours? All right. Okay, my number three is actually a game that I still have, surprisingly. It's shocking. And it might be a deep cut for, for some of the folks who are old farts like me. I'm going to go with Sunsoft's Pirates of Dark Water. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't don't know if any of y'all remember that uh, yeah. cartoon series. I used to, I loved it. I watched it every Saturday. 
Um, I thought it was, I can't, don't ask me who the, the characters are because I can't remember them as much as I enjoyed that, that show. But uh, they came, Sunsoft came out with a beat-em-up that it was basically Final Fight reskinned with Pirates of Darkwater characters. I mean, even some of the bosses' uh, movements were kind of, were like pulled straight from Final Fight. But the one thing that I always liked about it is that just like with Final Fight in the arcade, all of the characters fought differently. Like the main hero had this like half broken sword. He was kind of like your all around character. Then there was like this kind of buffed, uh, kind of like this buffed older mentor pirate guy that was part of the crew. He was almost like your, uh, your brawler. A wrestler, he had a lot of he had grappling moves, you know, kind of like uh, pile drivers and whatnot. And then you had the uh, the uh, lady pirate in the crew, uh, pseudo romantic interest uh, of the main character, and she was quick, so her moves were very quick and uh, agility was her was her deal. And the game was very long, but it took you through like all of the enemies that they came that that they had to deal with in the show and it was one of the it was one of the best 2D beat-em-ups that wasn't a Capcom game or, or a Konami game for that matter uh, that came out for that for the system and least of the ones that I played so Pirates of Dark Water is a definite gem, and it is one of the few that I actually still have. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'm pretty, I'm kind of happy about that. But uh, that's going to be my number three. All righty, so my number two, uh, and I played this in the arcade, and I know it came out on um, on a Super NES, and that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Turtles in Time. Great game. Great game. I played the Ninja Turtle one on uh, Super NES with that super dumb hard level <laughs> with the water. Remember the waterfalls? Mm-hmm. When, when, you, when you have to swim, the swimming level? Ugh, yeah. level. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> Turtles in Time was, was fantastic. I thought it was great because it reminded me of um, the X-Men one. Remember the they had an X-Men arcade game that was a beat-em-up, yeah. and they had an Avengers mm-hmm arcade game that was a beat-em-up and teenage Mutant turtles was 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 the um was another one they had where it was four players and you can all jump down and, and have fun and like kick ass and stuff and, and again you know you know cartoons comic books i was i was into it i was i was into it so i definitely enjoyed the hell out of that game oh so good so good so good and you could do co-op with it and that was fun yep it, oh yeah it, what it was really neat being able to see how how much you could make the frame rates drop by throwing Foot Clan into the screen. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. And like you, you throw it in, and it would smash and psh, and, they, and they'd slide down off it. Great game, great game. Ugh. Yes. Ugh. All right, Joe, what's yours? Uh, my number, my next one is it number two. Number two. <laughs> number two. Okay. I'm going to pick a game that I have never had a chance to play, but I very much want to uh, conclude this particular series on there. Uh, there's a particular developer uh, that was associated with Enix at the time, Quintet 
that released a series of games, and those series of games include Razor, oh, Soul yeah. Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, which Nintendo released for the SNES themselves. Uh, in fact, they thought that game was such a good game that uh, they published it themselves versus having Enix publish it in the U.S. at the time. And the fourth game from that developer never got released in the U.S., and I was a fan of all of the three of those previous games enough so where I wound up ordering, special ordering a PAL version of this game. The game's called Terra Enigma on oh, there. Yeah. I own the game, but I could not for the life of me figure out there was some other way that I had to have enabled this game to be able to work on my NTSC uh, SNES at the time. And, uh, I put kind of put it to the side, and there was something that was uh, done later that was able to get the PAL games working on the SNES. But by the time that kind of rolled around, that kind of went on to the latest hotness, like on the Sega Saturn and at the time. And I wound up selling the game, and I kind of regretted it. And uh, I know that the game is not fully compatible with the SNES Classic right now, but it's a point that's uh, like one of these hidden like you know backlog games that i just really want to play and so i am going to get it running i know it's going to run with on the retro arc uh section on the snes classic with the other emulator that's on there it runs perfect on that and um definitely looking forward to i I hate to throw a game on there i haven't really played around with but i'm such a fan of the other games in the series you know as far as the games that they've released previously on the snes that uh I'm definitely looking forward to playing Terra Enigma, and so it's one of the games on my you know, short bucket list. So, okay, okay. Well, uh, Des, you stole you stole my <laughs> you stole my number two. I'm sorry. With, the, with, <laughs> with Turtles in Time, I was like, oh, that's the one. Uh. Huh? So my number two, but I have a backup plan. My number two is a release in the franchise of beat-em-ups. See, folks, I told you, every game on my list is beat-em-up. Just, just you know, <laughs> that's my jam. Uh, the ball-headed stepchild of beat-em-ups, uh, which is Double Dragon. Uh, in this case, it is Super Double Dragon for the SNES. I can't tell you how many hours... I put into that game. It was it was probably one of the first beat 'em ups that I that I played at home that had a combat system that I just really liked to experiment with. Like you're the the you're, you could play co-op. The two co-ops had a unique defensive ability. You could block kicks, but that same block ability was also an arm lock. So if an enemy threw a punch at you, you could catch their arm and do a series of backhand fists to the face. You could do uh, the the trademark knee to the grill and, you know, the over-the-back throw. You could also, by holding down, I can't remember if it, if it was the L or R uh, button or trigger, as we would probably call them to call them today, you could power up this gauge, and when it got all the way to the end, you would go into like this rage mode, and your character would get this angry expression, you know, walking around with like 
clench fists and you know and you could just like one hit kill everybody for a few seconds you know like punch them and they go flying and kick them and they go flying back but uh super double dragon was an absolute joy to play and uh i i kicked myself in, in the head for getting rid of that game because uh, particularly and i got rid I, that was also a game that i bought multiple times i probably bought super double dragon at least three different times you know get rid of it get the urge to play it again buy it again and get rid of it again you know mix and you know repeat <laughs> sell it get it again so that's going to be my number two so, Joe, what you got for your number two, my friend? I think I already went with my number two. Is it my oh, number one? Yeah. We're back to our number nope. ones. So go ahead, Joe. What is your number one? I got my number one <laughs> locked and loaded. So what's yours? <laughs> um, I have to throw in an uh, uh, RPG because I am a big fan of JRPGs in particular. And uh, sitting here debating about one over the other and uh, – don't want to throw up a tie. That's kind of cheating on here. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and say uh, Breath of Fire 2 on there. So, And with the updated patch, of course. There's a patch that, you know, unfortunately, Breath of Fire 2, wonderful game. I love the first Breath of Fire 2. It's one of the first games I actually imported from Japan. And I played it both in the U.S. and in Japanese. I had a translated uh, guide from diehard game club at the time and i uh, paid 130 bucks for the damn game on import to get the super famicom version and playing around that thing and playing it in japanese and trying to understand i was almost in a way where i was trying to make up my own story at the time because the uh online fact that they gave you the printed fact uh translated a lot of the menu options and and kind of delve a little bit in the story but uh not too much, but uh, Breath of Fire 2 was released in the U.S. by uh, Capcom proper. First Breath of Fire, Capcom didn't want to touch it. It was released by Square Enix at the time. But Capcom did not do their game a service whatsoever. The translation of that game was <laughs> pretty dirt poor on their gram grammatically incorrect uh, whatnot. So there's been a retranslated version of that game um, online into like proper you know, English, you know, where you could actually understand what's going on and um, that the translation wasn't as bad. But the gameplay is just so awesome. The Breath of Fire series is so awesome. So that'd have to be my number one uh, in my back in, in the games I would love to throw on my SNES Classic. So I'd have to agree 100%. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful games. Um, so mine is another game um, which... I was thinking about Breath of Fire because it it, it was that, that game that really kind of like like the, that one series that was just fantastic, like all of them. But the one that holds um, a special, I guess a special um, place in my heart because I beat it and it was great. And I was so disappointed with the um, with the remake of it. It was really, I guess it really wasn't a remake, but the but the new one that came out, and that is Lufia Two: Rise of the Sinistrals. Fantastic game! Just ugh, the game is just amazing. I beat it. It was fantastic. Um, 
I it was one of the first games that I used a. Um, you're gonna laugh at this. This is the, one of the first games that I used a um, uh, a guide for. Like literally used a guide for because it was so like it was just so massive in in its approach and what you had to do and everything. So it, it just really. Like that was like the first RPG that like I I really just enjoyed just the hell out of it was just so good so good, um, and I would love to uh, to experience that again in a in a in a better you know just in a better fashion I don't know just something about that game is just just beautiful if you've never played it um, you should definitely try to find a. Um, a hacked version of it or a, uh, a, a ROM of it. It's just really, really good. Really, really good. I'm trying um, to remember, is it a menu option combat or was it like uh, action RPG? It, no, 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 no. The new one, that's what I didn't like about it. The new one was, was like that. The old one was a straight up, you know, uh, RPG. Like you ran through, you went into combat scenarios like Breath of Fire and, and, um, and um, oh, what is it? And like Final Fantasy, you know. Yeah. And, and you gave orders and everything. It was, just, it was just a really good, really good game. And I really liked the um, I really liked the uh, the characters were really cool. The ending was yeah. really good. Like I really got into the ending. I was just like, ah, you know, this is this is like amazing. Ah, and I was just, re- I don't know, I was just really stupid with that game. I was just like, this game is that, so that's, awesome. No, there's nothing stupid about the no, dungeons. It was, just, it was just very funny, remember, you know. I remember the dungeons being so fun to go through because they were like puzzles, you know. Yeah, and so, yeah. yeah. A lot of puzzling in this in the game. Like it, when uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's like a there's like a major death in it, and it just was like like when the when the person died, we we're like, what the hell? You know, it's just like ah, you know, <laughs> just just a great game. You know, back before you know, um, what's her name died from. Um, uh, in Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy yeah, Seven, when everyone like freaked out about that, I was like, I'm "Like whatever," you know. <laughs> I was just like, "No, this person died in in uh, Lufia Two. I was like, "No." So I remember in Lufia One too. So that might be a game to go back to and take a look at as oh, well. Oh yeah, I, I played the first one too. I played them both, but it was just, yeah. it was just that second one. That second one just uh, it just it just got me. It just, it just I was hooked. I was hooked. Uh, other other people out there shared this. I mean, Lufia Two has constantly been one of the games that has been uh, higher value and held in higher esteem from SNES fans out there. So, I mean, and honestly, that's one of the games that I am actually going to you know find a find a um, find a ROM for you know and and try to put it onto my system. You know, for sure, it's really worth it. Okay, well, my number one, another beat 'em up, and some of you, if you remember, uh, remember me talking about uh, about this on Gamer Husbands when I was on that show. You might already know what my number one is, and that is Captain Commando. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes. A Capcom classic, if there ever was one. I can't recall any game that had a more eclectic, unusual uh, group of characters that you could play as. You could play as a mummy named Mac the Knife. You could play as a blue outfit-clad ninja, and you could also play as a baby in a mech suit. In a mech suit. Yes! 
<laughs> Wasn't it like Babyhead or some crazy Yeah, Babyhead. Like I think that that might have been his name, Babyhead. And you could also play as the as the uh, uh, Capcom icon or uh, uh, mascot at the time, Captain Commando, uh, like in a wannabe Iron Man half suit that had like electric powers and that game was so off the wall so bat crap crazy and so much fun um that is another title that i spent hours upon hours upon hours playing (laughs) i played that game at the arcade mostly i thought the snes version was okay but uh I really love the arcade version on that. Yeah, the 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 arcade version was definitely the the, the best way to play. But uh, I I in fact I don't even re- I can't recall from memory if uh, the game was co-op on the SNES or not. I don't think I ever played with another person on it. So, but I'm not sure if it was co-op or not. But uh, I played it in the arcade as well. But uh, on the the SNES, that game was spent many an hour in the cartridge slot. Oh yes, most definitely. I played the. I just remember that that mummy, that mummy spin. You know, when you yeah. spin around, you <laughs> went to the moon and just. Great. And the cool thing, I would I would always try to be the ninja because if you could get the last hit on a on an enemy using the dash attack, he cut him in half. I, I just thought that was just so that was that was baller. <laughs> Another thing I liked about that was um was the level well, well that and like Ninja Turtles, they had really cool like you went diagonal in that like you went down diagonal in that game and then you went um you went diagonal in the game and then you also went um what was it like you went up and around like the 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 the, the way you the trajectory was not you know, just right to left. Like you, you went Mm -hmm. backwards in it. You went, you went around corners. You went like you, 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 you went different ways in it. You know, that's, that's what I enjoyed about that game is, is it wasn't, it wasn't so linear. You know what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to say? It's like, yeah, just, I remember you come out and you had to walk diagonal and you had to, you had to, you know, miss all this stuff. And it's just a really just fun game, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. A lot of Capcom brawlers were, were kind of, doing that i know punisher did that uh cadillacs and dinosaurs did that cadillacs and dinosaurs forgot about that yeah. one battle toads and yeah so there were there were a number of brawlers that were kind of trying to change up the presentation if you will of something that could probably get kind of rote but you know as you know capcom they were masters at not overburdening you with a complex fight system, uh, but it was you had enough moves to keep the action kind of fresh. And there are even some strategies that you could utilize against certain bosses. But you know, the Capcom has their brawlers have a special place uh, in in my gamer heart. And uh, Captain Commando is probably my favorite one. Yeah, aliens versus Predator, man. Yes. Was, yeah. Yes, where yeah. you can where you can uh you can play the Predator, you can play Marine, and you could straight up like body slam them. You could grab them and block body slam. I always loved those moves. You just run up the fools and just start, you know, slamming them. Just uh good games. Mm-hmm. Good, good mm-hmm. games. 
And quarter eaters, yep. though. Those bastards. <laughs> yeah. Straight up quarter eaters. But they're worth it, though. <laughs> Knights of the Round, too, man. Oh, yeah. yes. Knights of the Round. Or the, what, was the, what was the, um, what was the, uh, the, the Three Kingdoms one? Oh, you talk about Warriors of Fate? Was Warriors that the one where you could where you could jump well, on the horses? There was one that you were there was one that you were on horseback. Yeah, you could you, you could were jump only on, on horseback. I can't remember that one, but Warriors of Fate was the sequel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the first one was uh, Dynasty Wars or Dynasty Warriors, I believe. So yeah, mm. that's the one that I remember. Like I was like, that's this uh, this is my shit right here. I was like, yep. Yeah, I was always the big dude that would bite people. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know, just that level yes. boss. It, it was it was Dynasty Wars, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, unfortunately, this game never came out for Super Nintendo, so so yeah, so we'll never get it for. <laughs> we'll never get it, you know. Uh, you you can play on Mame if you really want to dig into it, you know, uh, you on there. So because some of those games need to be released. Yes. You know, some you of those know. games you need to just bite the bullet. Oh, well, there's some. been some compilations at least, and uh, Capcom has released their classics compilation. I know Captain Commando, the ar- arcade versions on a compilation that came out for PlayStation 2 and Xbox on there that you could pick up still. So they, they should put those on PS4, uh, PS2 classics on PS4 and get that sucker out. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, folks, that's going to that. Those are the four games that we would like to the, we would have liked to see on the SNES Classic. Still, a stellar lineup of games on that on that unit. I have no no real qualms about the titles that uh, Nintendo was able to secure for the SNES Classic. So, but uh, before we wrap this up, do you guys think? We are going to see a N64 or a Game and a GameCube classic somewhere coming down the pike, or do you think that might be uh, a little too not far fetched, but maybe a little bit more difficult to do from a, uh, a manufacturing standpoint? What do you guys think? Uh, hey. Number one, anything is possible if money's involved. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that. Number two, um, given how much people want, uh, you know, the, these these are selling like hotcakes. I wouldn't be surprised if it did another retro classic. I mean, because because they're not really doing that much as far with their um, uh, with their virtual store. And I guess some of their what is it? You're, you you were talking. We were talking about this last time. Like, you know, there there are some changes with the. Uh, with their um, virtual console, yeah, with the virtual console. So it's like, are these now going to be niche items, you know, boutique things that we're gonna have to get now, and it's not gonna be in the um, in any other place, you know? Is 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 that is that where we're is that where we're going towards? I mean, I really hope not, but it, you know, I'm pretty sure they, like I said, they'll have a virtual console at some point on Switch. I think it's going to be tied to their uh, online service whenever they finally get the chance to release that so or to unveil the service on there. And I could definitely see, you know, I think they said that their online service is only going to be like, what, $20 or $30 a month? Yeah, I think 20 bucks a year, not a month. That'd be crazy. But 
on there to get like a retro game and they're still kind of working out the kinks as far as what they're going to offer on there but uh about to see about to see but in the meantime i mean these two systems nes and super nes classic uh they're so tiny they're you know the controllers are dead on you know that's the main thing on there i think in of itself uh it's just good to look back on there it's just like i wish in a way that uh, sega can get a competent uh, genesis uh that's what i'm talking about yeah the ones that they've released have been kind of bad they've licensed off to another company and uh even the one that's coming up the one that has hdmi out doesn't look all that great so you know and uh, wish that you know maybe Nintendo could partner with Sega and release a, a proper Genesis uh, Mini on there, and then hell, God, p- put a Turbo Graphics Mini or something out there. It's not going to sell like hotcakes, but uh, it would be wonderful uh, to see a Konami, which owns all the Hudson Soft games, that are, basically would make a uh, Turbo Graphics Classic on there to get that thing out of the woodwork so um i don't know if you guys saw but uh wasn't there another retro system that they announced as commodore 64 yeah uh, 64 right but isn't that isn't that the one that everyone's kind of weirded out about because it was kickstarted and they made a whole bunch of money off it but that's still not they're still not it's like not done yet you know people are still freaking out because it's not what no there was something about there was like a there was a ColecoVision uh, thing which Kevin could probably tell. Was that was that what you were thinking of, Kev, uh, Desmond? It might have been. All, all I know is someone tried to Kickstarter it and it and it didn't work. So. That was the Coleco Chameleon. Well, not yeah. to say that this didn't happen with with the Commodore sixty four. I haven't heard anything about it necessarily, but the Coleco Chameleon was the one that uh, really kind of hit the hit the uh, hit viral with how just bad that thing turned out because uh yeah and and it's a dang shame too because i would have loved to have had a retro coleco vision that would not only run my original cartridges but also be able to download roms and uh uh for you know for titles that for the the titles that i don't have and uh yeah that was that one hurt because I was really, really close to say, giving that giving that guy some money. <laughs> really well, I'm glad close. you didn't, sir. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but uh, well, with that, folks, we're going to move into our playlist. We're going to talk about the titles, uh, some of the games that we've been playing this past week. Um, I'll go ahead and kick off because my list is going to be extremely short. Aside from uh, the couple of rounds of Destiny 2, uh, I've been on vacation. And I've been on vacation for the past several days uh, enjoying uh, the Red Rocks of Sedona, Arizona. And uh, that was a lot of fun. But while I was on vacation, I had my uh, 2DS XL and I finished... Tokyo Rumble, River City, Tokyo Rumble, and uh, word of word, a little pro tip for you folks: if uh, any of you are playing that game, by the time you get to the second to end boss scenario, uh, you will need a crap ton of 
items that will keep your energy up. You're going to need burgers. You're going to need special drinks, not only for you, but for your uh, ally, your computer-controlled ally, who really only serves as a means of diversion so that, you know, a group can beat him up and take him out or him or her out while you can isolate some of the some of the end characters and try to work them over while they're beating up your <laughs> beating up your alley. Cause that was the only way I was able to beat the end dude. Um, also definitely you were like sacrifice yourself. <laughs> yeah, definitely buy the dragon throw because it, it is the lifesaver. And it was another means of, uh, of getting to uh, finishing that game. But, Y'all know, y'all know. I I have a soft spot for the Kunio Kun titles, and uh, Tokyo Rumble was a fantastic game. I will definitely be picking up the next one and looking forward to the Kunio Kun compilation uh, on its way. Um, I guess what early next year or is it late this year? I can't recall, but um, a lot of fun with that. So, uh, Desmond, what you been playing this past week? Well. I've been playing Destiny 2. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure that that is no surprise to anyone, but I've been playing Destiny 2. Um, however, uh, I did, you know, take Destiny 2 out of the old PS4, and I started playing um, Dragon's Dogma Dark Risen for the PS4. Yes. Able to How get is it. that? Uh, How is good. that? It's good. I'm still only in the early stages, um, but it's like riding a bike. I got really super far on the first one, but I never beat it. Um, I never played the second one, which was the Dark Risen expansion. Never played that. So I'm very, very, very excited to be playing this. It still looks pretty good. You know, the uh, the, 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 the textures look pretty good. It's a fun game. I'm uh, still getting used to the combat because I'm playing a mage because I love magic users, but... But for the most part, it's still it's still pretty good. It it, it is it is holding up. So so I I am excited. I, I'm excited. It looks fun. I'm like okay, let's do this. So um, haven't really been playing my uh, 2ds as of late. Just haven't really um, just haven't really you know uh, wanted to play it. I've been you know listening to stuff on my free time or watching uh, videos. Like I really like um, YouTube videos. So. I've been watching that stuff, so I can't really you know speak too much of that. But just those two games mostly. Um, I also got um, Battle Chasers Night War. Uh, huge, you know, Joe Majuria fan from the X Men days, and so um, and I read Battle Chasers when it when it was um, when they print when he printed it back in two thousand and one, mind you. So the fact that it's continuing as a as a um, you know as an RPG is fun. So. I will definitely be uh, be playing it. So, all right, Joe, what have you been playing? As if I could ask, uh, as, <laughs> as if I could guess. <laughs> uh, well, my methadone hasn't kicked in yet, so um, Destiny Two has been my end all be all this week, and uh, you know, I've been busy with work a bit, and uh, kind of things have been kind of dragging me down. So when I had an opportunity to play, uh, I just wanted to relax and play destiny two on there. So, uh, pretty much got my, both my, uh, Titan and my warlock up to around like, uh, 285. I think my Titan's like 288 or 289 on there. I've just been uh, doing some of my dailies, of course, uh, getting all my 
weekly activities done. Uh, we did attempt to do the nightfall over the weekend, which <laughs> um, ended badly. Well, not badly. We just need to work on our t timing a little bit better. That's all, you know. In certain instances, especially if one of us passes away, uh, you know, we need to just uh, get our, you know, get the rhythm down. I would should say so. I cannot Whether stand time anom anomalies, though. It is an unnecessary um, play mechanic that they did not need to add. So I am absolutely agree. I do 100%. not like it. It adds it, it adds nothing to the play except trying to rush, and it's just. No, it is unnecessary. So yeah, just um, give give us the half an hour and just leave it be. You know, it's like uh, yeah. not to jump through hoops. I mean, I understand you're trying to make it difficult in a way, but uh, at the same time, it's like you know, it's just I guess it's just going to take a little bit of a rhythm rhythm thing. But people have been cheating it too, and it's like you know, it's just you know I, I hate to say it's like you know in the end all you're going to get is like more ingrams you know and more items on there so if it's not going to be enjoyable to play well you know guess what i'm probably not going to be uh i'll be trying it i'll be trying to see what we could do with it but uh you know we'll have to see we'll have to see one nightfall one strike at a time you know i could say on there see if they tweak that up a little bit so um, we also had a good opportunity to play the Crucible uh, a few times. I, on game night, played Crucible with uh, Guru 007 and enjoyed myself quite a bit on there. And then, you know, we did play Crucible quite a bit uh, yesterday. And uh, I enjoyed what we played, actually, uh, on there because there's two different playlists. There's the Quick Play playlist, and then there, I believe the other one's called Challenge, I think. Uh, competitive. Competitive. There you go. So... And on the competitive, you know, those game types, those are good because of the fact that one, they're quick, they're running rounds. I mean, there's one that's called elimination, which basically you have only a certain set amount of lives on there. And then there's the other one, which I'm not remembering the name of, but it has the uh, little things that you have to defend and you either um, have to defend from your opposing team going there and setting off the uh, bomb and it ticks off whatnot or that you're having to set your uh, opponent's uh, bomb off as well and have to defend the, the point and either kill your opponents or you know um, you know obviously they get to defuse your bomb and they win so I mean pretty much uh, both of those modes I think they're they're fun I don't know how you guys feel about it um you know I'm competitive it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, I'll say that. It, it was actually kind of fun, the uh, the the uh, tactical one that we did where, where yeah. we had the limited amount of lives. I think I liked that one better than uh, than the one where you set the set the charges. Yeah. Uh, would you guys think about doing Trials of the Nine at some point? You think, or um, that's something? Because you know that would be like three of us playing against another team of three and trying to do nine rounds and to be able to go ahead and. Uh, you know, win versus another team. And there's like, you know, same deal, you know, limited amount of lives have to, you know, resurrect your teammates and kind of work as a team mm -hmm. on there. So I'm definitely thinking we're going to give that a shot at some point. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be down. I, I would like to have a little bit, a, a, a slightly better arsenal than what I have right now. Gotcha. Before I'd be willing to jump into that. Uh, I've got good weapons, without a doubt, but I, I would 
kind of sort of like to get a couple of weapons in my preferred uh, categories under my belt before I would venture into something like that. Yeah. Well, mainly what I've been doing, a lot of just uh, out in the world, basically, because obviously, you know, we've all beaten the game. And so a lot of the stuff is just quest items on the particular worlds themselves, you know, doing the uh, dailies and, you know, public events on there. And, you know, the hook's in there, but I could see to where I could see the tail. I could see the tail at the end of this thing on there. Iron Banner, obviously, is this week, so I'll be rolling that quite a bit on there but i definitely want to get to the other games you know our last episode kind of details it all in full <laughs> grandeur you know as that far as uh, yeah uh, portable wise the only thing i had a chance to play this last week was just uh beat a, a world in super mario brothers new super mario brothers 2 on the 3ds and so i'm still dabbling with that i'm still playing that around i, I make it a point when i do a new world to try to get the three coins in the world and to completely you know clean the slate on it that way i'm not going back to it or doing anything on that but uh yeah that's been my main games of this week i'm on vacation i actually turned on my xbox one earlier today i updated it what? So, oh my god so yeah funny you had to you turned it on had to update it <laughs> which, which took yeah. like three hours probably that yeah, didn't take too too long but uh Got my Destiny 2 updated, you know, got that loaded onto the system. Yeah, I had to turn on my Xbox so I could play the same game I've been playing <laughs> feverishly for the last three, four weeks. I kind of promised the Gamer Husband's crew that I would participate in game night, which is tonight. But, you know, at some point I'll get a, a character that will be all leveled up and ready to go on there. So, so I'm going to do my Hunter on the Xbox. And that way I know once you can finally get Destiny 2 on the Xbox, Kevin... Uh, I'll at least I'll have a character to play with, uh, with you on that. So, yeah, I'll I'll probably roll a Titan on that side. I will probably be rolling something as well. I don't know yet. Still got to get you a system. I have to get my uh, old school hookup for you. you. You're over under still 170, right? Oh <laughs> uh, no, 175 is fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll keep my ear to the ground. There's a couple of Assassin's Creed bundles coming out pretty soon. I believe there's a Shadow War bundle coming out this week, I believe, with the launch of the game tonight. So, all righty. But that's pretty much it. That's all I've been playing. So, okay, then. Well, why don't we just slide right into the news with our extra, extra news nuggets coming to you from Trader Joe? So, Joe, what, what's uh, been shaking in the news feed? Well, I've got a few things. Uh, first thing, we'll just start off with the game we've been talking about for the last like three, four minutes. Uh, Destiny 2 Iron Banner is starting tomorrow on October the 10th and will be running until October 17th on there. If you're unfamiliar with Iron Banner, it's a PvP event on there. Basically, you're going to be running control and getting exclusive armor and weapons on there. Um, you'll get Iron Banner tokens for every match. Uh, more if you win a match, of course, and a progress tracker of daily and season milestones on there. So, And so uh, Iron Banner, the combat will be 4v4, of course. Power levels don't count. It's all about skill on there. And bounties and ranks have been replaced with an Iron Banner Ingram. After you've finished the campaign and gained access to the tower, you should be able to find Lord Saladin and begin a quest for Iron Banner on there. That's easy enough 
on there. So um, also, uh, they have delayed the prestige raid. You have to be a power level of 300 or more to participate in that. They did kick that back for one week on there until October 17th on there. I guess they still want to work some kinks out on there. So for you raid lovers out there, which, you know, we hope to be one day, of course, so <laughs> on it. But uh, just keep in mind that if you have a, a 300 or more power level, I didn't say light, I said power this time, <laughs> <laughs> on there, um, you should be able to go on and run this on October 18th on there. Now, they also have introduced to, um, t- as of tomorrow, there's going to be a new PvP map. It's going to be called uh, Distant Shore, which kind of looks like the Shore is a time map from the original Destiny. It's scheduled to start uh, with Iron Banner tomorrow on there. It won't be available on all playlists until a week later when the Iron Banner ends on there. So, But it's going to be one of the maps that will be featured in Iron Banner this week. So, So any thoughts, Desmond, or... Kevin on Iron Banner this week, you're going to run it or are you kind of iffy because it's PvP? I'll be running it. I will probably be running it too. I mean, I, y'all playing it, so I'll probably play it too, you know. Um, <laughs> let's kind of leave it at that. What, what is the, what's the power level? Is it 350? Uh, yes, you can get up to 350, oh. but uh, okay. most people do not do that. I mean, you can... You can cheat to get up to it, but that's like a soft cap, I guess. It's three fifty, but but um, but yeah, that's kind of what's up with that. Okay. You know, most people stop around three five, three oh five, or something. So so yeah, but that's you know, I guess what's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know, our client's been going okay. We've been getting good. Um, marks for at least some of our crucible activities, but we need to kind of get some nightfalls and some raids going. But uh, you know, sooner than later, on there, no pressure, no pressure. So, on that, okay. And other news this week, uh, Tecmo Koe has detailed the kind of support they're going to be offering for uh, Dynasty Warriors 9 for both the PlayStation 4 Pro and also the Xbox One X, and the kind of approach that they're going to be taking. With this title is that they're going to offer numerous selections, and basically what they did with the Neo uh, game that they released on the PS4 this past year, on there they offered like different modes that you could select from. So it's actually a great thing because they're giving you an opportunity as a player to be able to select as far as what you want, as far as the uh, uh, enhancements of the particular game. So if you're not familiar with what they offered with Neo. They offered a couple of selections, one offering a, a stable 30 frames a second with a higher level, level of detail uh, on there, graphical detail. And they offered also a second mode, which is running at a 60 frames per second on there, but not with a full 4K resolution on there so that they wanted to make sure to offer that lock 60 frames a second action on there so and so they said that they're going to do the same thing for dynasty warriors 9 for both the ps4 pro and xbox one x which i applaud it's good to have choices you know as far as how you want to play the game as far as what detail you want to throw it on there they also mentioned about the switch they asked them about the switch and said they're not thinking about a switch version of dynasty warriors 9 at the moment so 
on there. But the game will launch in early 2018 for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and also for the PC on that. So any thoughts, guys, as far as Tecmacoe's uh, offerings, as far as, in, you know, as far as how they're supporting these uh, uh, HD consoles, per se? Yeah, I think that I think it's cool. Um, I I'm not running a 4K TV at the moment. Uh, we'll see if I'll be able to make that goal by the end of the year. Uh, the way it's looking, I don't know, particularly with the the, the set that I really really want. But um, I'm glad that there's they're offering a selection uh, that 60 that they're not ignoring the performance side of things i think we've been and myself included with with some games have been i think we've kind of been seduced by you know 4k when really it's hdr that makes everything come together in in my opinion just in mm-hmm. from the example that we saw um with horizon zero dawn running on that uh bravia at psx last year um HDR is what really makes everything kind of come together uh, visually. So, you know what? If if they offered a 1440p HDR set, <laughs> you know, um, heck, maybe even a 1080p HD, you know, HDR set, it it would be, it would definitely be something I would take a look at. Um, well, I know that. Well, Sony does offer a. 1080p HDR set because they want to play off the enhancements on the PlayStation 4. So, mm-hmm. so I just don't know how much it costs versus just having to go full blown 4K. You know? Yeah, that would be the question. Yeah, you know, I would be interested in seeing a 1440 HDR set as well. If there, if there would something along those lines, something else, you know, something that could. You know, maybe, and if this would all be based off the options offered through the software, but if you could do, uh, say, dynamic 1440p with a solid 60 FPS, uh, I think that would be awesome as well. And if you could, you know, slap in some HDR in there too, um, maybe an upscale 1080p image to 1440p with HDR that would I would have no problems with that either so any thoughts Desmond cool. I, I know you just got a brand new spiffy 4k tv so stop it <laughs> yeah I did <laughs> um I have to say yeah I mean I'm uh, you know I I you know I got this new 4k tv and it's it's beautiful, and so now I'm all like, you know, do I really want to, you know, spend the money on it, you know, because the uh, the PS4 in our in the front room, you know, it's uh, it kind of ejects discs, and it just is an old machine, and so I'm thinking about, you know, maybe it's time to replace that one, you know, and get this new one, you know, get a 4K, get a PS Pro, and then actually bite the bullet and get a, you know, Xbox, you know, one X. But before I get an Xbox one X, I, I'm going to get an Xbox. Sorry. I'm going to get, a, I'm going to get a, a PS uh, pro if I have PS4 pro. I mean, that's just what I have to do. I can't, you know, I can't get anything. You know, well, maybe uh, you could kind of check out what I got going on with my TV and everything to see whether the jump is <laughs> actually worth it or not, you know, 
Yeah, it's still, I mean, I like HDR. I think HDR, like Kevin said, is like the end all be all, but it seems like the games I've been playing in 4K don't have HDR support. So, oh, first one, the first one I uh, kind of came across was the uh, Call of Duty World War II de- uh, demo, which as soon as I saw that like bright light in the background, I was like, oh, this must be HDR. So, <laughs> like, hello. Hello. So, I still need to play Horizon Zero Dawn and the. Uh, Check out other HDR-enabled games. I know that uh, Destiny 2 is going to have an HDR patch at some point. So, says so right on the PlayStation 4 Pro box. It says HDR patch uh, coming soon on the Destiny bundle. So, mm. yeah. Which, what type way- of set did you get, Des? Uh, I got a THL Roku uh, 4K TV. Okay. Uh, TCL. It's a TCL is what it's called. And it's a Roku TV. It's the interface is so bizarre. You guys, it's very bizarre because it like it, 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 the interface is like a Roku and I have a Roku, you know, for the bedroom TV because we have no cable in there, but it's weird because you, it's like the, 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 um, Everything is done in menus on the screen, and you have this like little baby controller. The, contr- the controller's like, like so small, and then you're like, "What the hell?" You know, and then you're basically you're moving around, and it makes that weird cuckoo sound. That's the Roku sound. It's really weird, but like all of this stuff. So the interface is for you to do streaming. Like it, it, it literally is for you to do streaming. And at the top, it has all of the modes that you put it in. Like you, you put it in like satellite mode or cable mode or, or, or HDMI mode. But it's just weird. You know, it's like, you know, on old TVs, you, 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 you would plug it in and then the TV would just, would just be a TV. Right. And then you'd have to click a button to go into those modes. And this way, it's the other way around. So it's weird. It's like, it's not just a TV, you know, it's, it's, you know, you have to tell it to go into cable mode, into into quote into quote TV mode, because it it the interface is it wants you to stream. You know all this different stuff like Hulu, Netflix, and, and all this other stuff. So so you have to select a mode when the TV turns on. It's very bizarre, and and I'm still like I gotten used to it, but just just having to set everything up was just very very strange at, at the beginning. Just technology, y'all. It's woo strange. <laughs> But it looks gorgeous, though. Oh, it looks gorgeous. Uh, you didn't get the 55-inch everyone's been raving about, but uh, this one is uh, still highly rated, according to uh, ratings.com. Uh, so I'm glad that, you know, I know you kind of were sad to get rid of your plasma because it, you know, broke, but <laughs> don't want to. Uh, say anything disparagingly about it, but I'm glad you were able to make the jump at least. So, so am I. Nice, nice. All right, and then next news story I got on the Gambit here, a game that uh, we've all dabbled with and enjoyed, especially you, Kevin, quite a bit. Uh, the sequel to the God Eater series has been announced. God Eater 3 was announced uh, for yeah. all home consoles. That includes, uh, you know, even though it hasn't been uh, unveiled, someone went ahead and went in and looked at the uh, encoding on the video that they released, the reveal trailer, and it said some of the keywords included Xbox One, PC, and PlayStation 4. So even though they haven't specified the platforms as of yet, those are the platforms that the game is going to be released on, on there. So they have not clarified as far as when it's coming out. Uh, 
the team that's working on God Eater two, uh, 3 is uh, also developing um, Code Vein, and they're still working on Code Vein right now. So, But they do intend, once it is released, to release it simultaneously worldwide on there. So it's a good, ambitious thing for Bandai Namco to get this game out. It's uh, If you're not familiar with the God Eater series, it's like a uh, anime monster hunter, if you want to really boil it down the basics but uh, it's, it's much more than that as far as gameplay wise so on there i know god eater 2 is on your backlog right now kevin right so is this another game you probably want to get to sooner than later correct yeah, that is correct sir yes um i i had the opportunity to watch that trailer it's not very long uh it did show some gameplay elements um here's what what couple of things that i would like to see in god eater 3 I love the bullet system, how you can forge your own ammo to exploit the weaknesses and uh, of the monsters that you're hunting. But the bullet forge system that they have is a deep, deep, deep rabbit hole. Um, I have spent just on a whim three hours just forging different bullets and experimenting with them in the uh, in the test lab. Well, damn. Yeah, it it is extremely. It is as as shallow and and or as deep as you want to make it. The problem is, is that there's not really a good tutorial, um, at least in uh, burst that really gets into the meat and potatoes of the bullet system. You kind of have to dig around and mess around with it. I mean, you can adjust, you know, angles of trajectory and, you know, how far a bullet will travel before it starts to drop. I mean, it, it, it's, it's in depth. So I would like to see them simplify the system a little bit. Um, a lot of the stuff that you can do is makes for a cool aesthetic, but don't do they, it doesn't really help you at all. Uh, you can make your, your bullets have some interesting effects, but I would kind of like to see them maybe boil that down to something. I, I don't want to say simple necessarily, but I think there's a lot of, options that really don't do you a whole lot of that really aren't that useful uh in the game itself so if they could cut some of that fluff out and just kind of stick with the uh, the options that would be available you know for stuff that'll actually assist you i think that would be a good move and uh, a little deeper character customization would be nice as well so definitely looking forward to this. That kind of reminds me I need to play God Eater 2, <laughs> much less dabble with Resurrection. And they're both on my backlog. It's something I want to actually get to. And I think whenever you decide to play God Eater 2, I'm going to pick that up at the same time. And, and that way we could play multiplayer. Because I know you played mainly God Eater Resurrection, mainly solo, right? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. So, And I don't know where we're going to fit it into everything especially with monster hunter world coming out in, in january but uh 
we'll have to figure it out at some point. You know, I think God Eater 3, you know, with no date, it's probably not going to be released for a while. So you probably want to get Code Vein going and get that out because it's by the same team that's doing both. And I'm not sure if they expanded the team or whether they're working off the same team with both games. It kind of looks like there's some influence from Code Vein, at least in the video that I watched as well. Mm-hmm. on there to take a look and so it'd be interesting to see if they could correlate if it's in the same universe or not so uh, just curious are either one of, are either one of you guys interested in code vein i'm interested i mean i, I like the fact that i've liked the team and what they've done mm-hmm. on there i mean they developed freedom wars too if you're not familiar yep. with their I remember freedom wars played that yeah. too yeah that was a fun so, game so they got a good pedigree and i think them kind of playing off a different genre a lot of people have said that uh, Code Vein is like kind of like their anime Dark Souls, and I don't want to boil it down to that because it's like you know it's like God Eater's influenced by Monster Hunter. It seems like Code Vein's influenced by God, uh, like Dark Souls. Dark Souls. So you know Beautiful. it's just like yeah, and all that. So we'll have to see when that game does come out. But uh, I do like the aesthetic, and I'm a fan of their work. So we'll have to see. You know, um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm not. Um, I think you, I, I kind of want to, I'm kind of like taking a wait and see kind of approach to it. You know, that's kind of what I'm doing with that. Um, I know a little bit about it, um, but I know that if you guys start playing it, I'll probably end up playing it. So <laughs> this is kind of how it works. So Peer pressure. So. All right, next news story kind of want to go over. Um, Sony has contracted out to um, people for a, a company to demo their PlayStation VR again this year like they did last year. So there's a PlayStation VR demos that are returning to specific retailers, including GameStop and Best Buy on there. Um, basically, they're going to be going over and trying out demos for the latest and greatest stuff for PlayStation VR, including uh, Gran Turismo Sport, Final Fantasy 15, Monster of the Deep, Super Hot VR, um, Dino Frontier, Raw Data, and Voltron on there. So, But uh, they're going to be rotating different demos on there on that. It's usually, from what I checked on the scheduling, it's usually on the weekend on there. So, But they're going to you know, keep the word out about VR, at least on the PlayStation console. And these retail demos will continue until the end of the year on that. So, uh, so definitely if you're kind of interested in PlayStation VR and haven't tried one before, might be a good thing to you know, make a run to either your local GameStop or your Best Buy on there. On there. And, so, and also the demo unit that they'll be using more than likely is going to be the latest and greatest model, which just got announced this last um, Monday. On there, they did announce an upgraded model, which is the CUH ZVR2 model, uh, which includes redesigned cables, a new processor unit, and other minor upgrades on there. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I've been on the fence on this damn thing for quite a bit of time. And uh, I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, I went ahead and bought a VR unit this past weekend and I 
price match Costco. And then, you know, me and my, uh, you know, deal making price making, you know, the quote unquote food max of gaming, you know, so <laughs> I got it for 250 bucks. Cause Costco has it for 250 right now. Price matched at Best Buy happier. I spent like, I think I had three reward zone certificates. I got it down to 235. I was just happy that I, I, was finally able to decide to grab it. Went to go grab a camera from GameStop. I bought a used camera, of course, because, you know, I'm not going to pay full retail for it. And then didn't bother to open the unit on Sunday because I was going to install in the living room because of the fact that the first version of the unit, at the time when I bought it, there was only one version of it. So, And it doesn't support an HDR and a, um, 4K out on there if you wanted to play 4k on your playstation 4 pro you had to keep disconnecting the video unit that you have it hooked up to have your vr unit hooked up at the same time and this is the one of the things that the new model is going to uh, improve upon that it does allow for a 4k hdr out on there that way you're not constantly disconnecting and connecting the uh, um, processor unit honored to do that so as soon as i heard this got announced i didn't even open up the box i returned it to best buy that same day the announcement came out so <laughs> and for with the new model there's no change in price mm -hmm. uh it's going to be labeled on the box clearly once it does come out um there is no release date for it in the u.s right now but it says it's going to be out before the end of the year on there uh, it's coming out in japan i believe on october the uh, 13th so hopefully it's sooner than later that we'll get it out there but uh, you'll have to see because you know reason why the unit got down to 250 and now 300 bucks at uh, other retailers on that it just seemed like it hasn't been selling all that much on there so and uh, I don't know if the ceiling's been hit but you know you figure with the lack of response to both Oculus and HTC's units on there, at least sales-wise, that the the VR marketplace is kind of being led by PlayStation. And I saw that uh, Andrew House said in an interview saying that he did not want to be the market leader for VR. He was kind of hoping that the uh, bigger players, the Oculus Rifts and the uh, HTCs on the PC uh, space would get the market moving to where PlayStation could uh, add to it. So the pressure is on PlayStation Definitely because it's the most popular uh, VR unit out of the three, it seems like. And uh, we'll have to see what kind of things happen. But uh, I'm interested once the new model does finally come out to pick it up on there. Any thoughts, you guys, about checking out the, at least the uh, game demos uh, locally? Or are you still not interested? Is it definitely like meh about everything? It's definitely meh on my part. How about you, Kev? Um, it's a, it's a no go, but I will say this: um, I I'm going to applaud them for trying to for trying to push the the technology, trying to keep it in the forefront forefront like this. Um, kind of wish they'd have done that with Vita, but okay, you know, <laughs> um, they're I think they're trying to break out of that. Uh, uh, probably uh, deserved uh, criticism that they introduce new products and then don't support them. So I think as long as they keep uh, keep software coming toward the unit, 
keep pushing it through demos and kiosks and major retailers like Best Buy and GameStop uh, using that 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 play that PlayStation diesel truck of of uh, technology that they have that they send from uh, coast to coast. As long as they keep pushing that and keeping that you know at the forefront of their online marketing, at least. I think it's a good way to instill goodwill for in the customer base that is probably that for those that might be on the sidelines saying, well, eh, I don't want to, I'm going to see if they want, I don't want to be stuck with a number, another, uh, you know, uh, wonder book. So I think that's good that they continue to do that. And, um, if they can, if I think we're going to this thing has to be 200 or less before it i think it can really get to a price point that is comfortable with most consumers um i think playstation is in a unique position i think playstation the name carries a little bit more weight with the those that are not in the know in this hobby probably more so than something like an oculus or htc um, and if they can figure out a way to carve out a niche for a uh, a quality, low cost VR uh, VR unit, um, they could find themselves in a, in a unique uh, in a, a unique and uh, profitable position in this space. So, you know, I hope they succeed. It is just not technology that is for me. Gotcha. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm interested. I'm going to probably check out more demos that will kind of give me a better clarity as far as, you know, my want and desire for the damn thing to begin with on there. I'm really thinking that once the Xbox One X kind of clears this upcoming holiday season that Microsoft will probably dab or take a look at the space. I'm thinking I think it's a point of inevitability that they will on there. So, you know, we'll have to see. Going to be a wait and see thing, of course. So, yeah, uh, if if they do, it's like because I, I think uh, Phil said, Spencer said that, you know, they, which is kind of funny because VR when remember when Project Scorpio was announced was one of the selling points that they were talking about uh, when this system launched. I think they want to take a. They would, I think they would like to have the technology. They just don't want to be responsible for it. So yeah. if some other company can take the, uh, can take the uh, financial burden of manufacturing and distributing the unit, I think they would much rather be, hey, you can attach your HTC Vive or your Oculus Rift and uh, have, have it in a con- on a console experience that way. I personally don't think unless something crazy happens and the technology kit can gets down to you know what I think the market is uh, or what the market is going to be ready to pay on a mass scale. Um, I don't think Microsoft is going to jump into that ring. Um, I think they've got uh, their thing is that that augmented reality they may be pushing that. But uh, VR, I don't think they'd, they'd rather let somebody else do it and just make it an add-on. For sure. 
All right, and then I have a couple of uh, game announcements or like release dates. We'll kind of go over a little bit. Uh, first one, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition was revealed this past week. Um, if you're looking to get into Street Fighter V and haven't picked up the game proper, uh, the Street Fighter V Arcade Edition will include arcade mode and also new trigger modes for all characters and then also the Season 1 and 2 characters as well, all wrapped up in a fine retail package for $39.99 on there. That's coming out for both PlayStation 4 and for the PC uh, beginning on January 16, 2018. Uh, for those that you already own Street Fighter V, you'll be able to upgrade to the Arcade Edition completely free of charge. Um, uh, it won't include Season 1 or 2 characters, though. If you're needing to buy those, you still need to purchase the Season Pass for uh, both of those seasons on that. So still good that they're trying to get this game still out there and interest in it. Um, I know I just saw that the Arcade Edition retail version for the PlayStation 4 will not include season one or two characters on the disc. It'll actually just be like a vanilla Street Fighter V disc uh, included with uh, season pass codes in the same package on that. So so I, I'm definitely, I own Street Fighter V. I have not dug into it yet. I'm wanting to give the game a chance. I know what your opinion is, Kevin, as far as the, at least the latest season of characters on there but uh you know i still think that's a good thing that they're getting this re-release out that way it keeps the game viable i think a little bit you mm. think the ship has sailed in your opinion kevin um not if you look at the at the um tournament numbers um yeah. i think for evo this this year they had it, they had five thousand participants yeah, which I believe was a record for Street Fighter at Evo. So the tournament scene is really digging it. I think the problem is is that the the less hardcore, which is a lot more people, even in the fighting game space, I think are have moved on. Um, I think they. I, I can say just I can you know just speaking for me personally, um, I wouldn't be interested in revisiting that title uh, until maybe season three characters were announced or shown, and you know they maybe give me a Dudley, <laughs> who is my favorite character in the Street Fighter universe, but. Or at least give me some characters on character designs that harken back to the, let's say the the, the origins of Street Fighter. You know, going back to two, I, I'm or or even you know the thing the design motifs that they had in the Alpha series. I'm just not digging what they're doing with season two characters at all, and. For me, for my, I know my attention is going to be uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z uh, and Blaze Blue, Blaze Blue uh, Central Fiction 2.0. Um, you know, none of, neither of which are Capcom, <laughs> Capcom fighters. You know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I wish them luck, but uh, you know, 
I've moved on. And if they can bring people who are kind of bitten from that initial launch, um, you know, more power to them. Yeah, I mean, if you even want to just try to game proper, I mean, the game is used for 20 bucks at most retailers, you know, so I think you should be able to jump on just in case. And I think is maybe you'll see a point to where, especially since they have so many costumes, stages, and, you know, DLC support for this thing, where I, I think, you know, you might be able to see them at some point doing a free-to-play thing with this thing, so at least giving them some of the meat of the game. It almost seems like it should have been released as a free-to-play game with the lack yeah. of modes and everything that happened with the game. Really, this this will... To be honest, this game should have baked for another eight months. It, it, it really should have baked for another eight months to, to make sure that all the modes that are expected in a fighting game are present on initial release. And I think if they would have done that, it would everything would have been everything would have been been a okay, but they wanted to they wanted to push this game for the professional circuit, and they because they didn't want to go through another year of Street Fighter Four for Evo and the major tournaments because they wanted to hype this game up through the tournament scene, and I think it bit them in the butt, and they're trying to make up for that. So you know, I'll give them that much. They're trying to make up for it. But it is Street Fighter, which is one of their biggest, you know, franchises. So <laughs> it would uh, be dumb if they didn't <laughs> try to make up for it. Oh, I know. And I think especially since I already own the game proper, I'm going to check out the arcade mode once it is released. Um, and then depending on which characters I see for both season one and season two, I'll probably dabble. I know I've seen the season one and two, at least the season one season pass on sale on PSN. For a cheaper price, it's just knowing that I'm gonna actually be playing the game first before, and even investing in it. So I'll have to kind of give her a shot and see how it plays, and kind of take it from there. So and mechanically, it is the best Street Fighter has ever been. Oh, well, there you go. What, that's what kills me. It is the best mechanically of any Street Fighter game that Capcom's ever made. Um, and I, you know, I'm throwing alpha in there. I'm throwing three in there. I'm throwing four in there. It, the mechanics in five are superior to any other street fighter that Capcom has put out, including super turbo. In my opinion, no, I'm not a tournament player. So there's a lot of people probably say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Cool. Fine. Dandy. But mechanically street fighter has never been better than it is in five and that's what you know makes this all the harder to deal with uh, as to how everything turned out because they kick butt on the mechanics on the links uh you know your, your normals how they can get them to link from one to another without having to be a a a timing savant you know still skill based but accessible they were brilliant in that and uh, they just they just faltered in so many other areas. So, all right, I'll stop talking about Street Fighter. <laughs> okay. 
And then last but not least, there's a couple of other games of note that I want to kind of make uh, a note of on here. First game is going to be the Mummy Demastered, which is going to be launching on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on October 24th, just in time for Halloween. It's being developed by WayForward, which is a prominent developer, if you don't know them, of a lot of 2D uh, sprite-based 16-bit inspired action games and so that's the reason why this game is called Demaster because they're bringing the mummy universe you know the tom cruise movie of course from universal studios on there <laughs> into a 16-bit inspired non-linear action game and watching the teaser trailer from last month and taking a look at the game i am definitely on like you know what? It looks awesome. It looks like a Metroidvania 2D side-scrolling action back and forth on there. A lot of different weapons that you're using in the game. And there's a chiptune soundtrack, of course. It sounds awesome on there. It's a lot of shoot 'em up and So you have guns and flamethrowers and so on and so forth on there. On there. But uh, you have to uncover and collect 50 hidden relics throughout the stages on there. But basically, you'll be uh, fighting against the supernatural hordes of Princess Amanet on there. So so uh, you're not Tom Cruise, but at the same time, you're able to go in your 16-bit inspired universe in the world of the mummy, which uh, it's cool because we hardly ever see licensed games anymore. It looks like uh, WayForward is trying to do everyone a proper by getting this thing out and doing a great job in what, what they do best, which is you know, 2D sprite-based side-scrolling action games mm-hmm. on there. So so definitely looking forward to it. Any thoughts, you guys? Well, the the mummy did so poorly in the box office, they were probably able to secure that license uh, yep. <laughs> pretty cheaply. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I'm like, wow. I mean, okay. They're like, hey, movie didn't do good, so just do whatever you want. So- Try to recoup some of this. If the yeah. movie if the movie sucked, the game has a lot of promise to be much better. So they said, "Hey, uh, we got this mummy this uh, mummy license in this uh, uh, Jack in the Box, you know, uh, uh, Cracker Jack box. So anybody want to make a game?" With that? But uh, the the game does look like a lot of fun. And I'll be there. I'll I'll definitely be there day one. Something like this is, is, you know, I like the retro inspired stuff, and you know, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to shoot mummies in sixteen bit style with flamethrowers and machine guns? Come on, I wouldn't. I would love to do it, so that's why I'm kind of making a note of it. So (laughs) he's going to get it. I'm going to buy it whether I played it or not. With a whole thing in the nutshell, but I think you should red box the mummy just to like, come on. You know, oh, they, oh, they at least a little bit of the I source the material. Yeah, at least a, <laughs> a little bit of the source material, you know. Gotcha. <laughs> and then the last game of note I want to kind of bring a mention to uh, it's for us uh, anime fans, our uh, high school of the dead fans. Uh, um, Ax- Axis is going to be uh, releasing a game called Schoolgirl Zombie Hunter which is uh, coming out for PlayStation 4 on November 17th in the U.S. on there. Uh, it's in the Onichimbara universe, so lo and behold, no bananas and oranges. but <laughs> No bananas needed. <laughs> yes. Um, 
where hordes of zombies have invaded Kurosaku High School. The school, known for its sports and academic fields, will be the setting for an all-out war between a flood of zombies and five female students. Surprise, surprise. So the girls must work together to destroy these human-eating creatures as well as learn on to take trials by themselves. On there, Throughout the story, the player will learn more about each character and their personal struggles and tribulations, of course. So common goals shared between the group is simply the goal to survive and make it out of the school on there. The girls will be equipped with high power weapons that are more than capable of mowing down the zombies. The girls can also lose, uh, choose their underwear and clothing, which are fully destructible after taking a considerable amount of damage on there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Furthermore, clothing will be able to be used to lure, confuse, and destroy enemies. So the girls will also be able to leave their clothing behind as a way to confuse the enemies and make their escape. So you get to lure these zombies and confuse them with female uh, schoolgirl clothing, of course. So the mm -hmm. game game features an online multiple mode where players will be able to team up with four other players and take a crew out into the school to take out the zombie hordes together. There's also a full single player campaign that features story missions and unlockable items on there. So um, are you guys up for some zombie schoolgirl zombie slaying? <laughs> you know, if the gameplay no. is on point, then yeah. Uh, knowing that's developed by the same company that did. I have very little faith. I have um, very little faith. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> Developer of Oni Chambara, which is Tamsoft Games, also developed the uh, Senran Kagura series, of course. So they have a quite a, a good pedigree, <laughs> quote unquote. So I mean, we'll have to see how this game kind of fleshes out, <laughs> so to speak. Because what but... high school doesn't have assault rifles? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Are you not you're, you're not gonna pick your particular school role and go out on multiplayer adventures with me and Kevin? No, you first. No, not. <laughs> you first. There was no there was no mm. delay in that answer. No. <laughs> you know, what, what if we buy you the game? How about that? If you buy me that game, I'll play it. How about that? <laughs> there's even a screenshot that says underwear trap obtained. So there's underwear no. traps. To no, <laughs> just seems silly. You know, just seems silly. Anyway, I mean, it's yeah, I, I've seen weirder things come out of Japanese stuff, so I'm not, I'm not surprised. But yeesh, <laughs> yeesh. Okay, one of the screenshots does have a one of the characters in there in her skivvies with a machine gun. So. <laughs> yeesh, yeesh. Well, that, this concludes our news section for tonight. So, way to way to end it, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know how you top that. You had to end it with that. There's no way to top that. No. Yeah, I know. It really is not. <laughs> well, folks, uh, we'll let's talk about game night. Our game nights are every Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, if you want to join us, uh, party up with us on the PlayStation Network. Chances are we'll be playing Destiny 2, but as we always say, we are a listener-based podcast and we want to play games that you're interested in. So, hey, maybe you're in the Battlefront 2 beta. You want to play you want to play that. Maybe you want to play some uh God Eater 2. You never know. Hey, I I almost bought everybody's golf. 
You need to buy everybody's okay. golf. Uh, I need to play yeah. everybody's golf. I almost <laughs> when I when I went and picked up you know my two games, I saw it and I was like, hmm. I know you know Joe really wants me to to get this, and uh, Kevin wants me to get it as well. Hmm. And then I put it down and left. <laughs> 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 you know, but I'm sure you know Joe, master of master of gaming, will find it cheap, and then I'll have to buy it. It, it is definitely worth every penny. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic game. But whatever title you'd like to join us on, you can reach us on the PlayStation Network. I am Shonuff7, S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number seven. Joe is at Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. And Dez is at Nemotigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. Uh, also, reach out. You can feel free to reach out to us on social media. We are in the Twitter sphere. Joe is at Joe Fongul, J O E F O N G U L. Dez is at Nemo Cub, N E M O C U B. And I am at Shonuff71, S H O N U F, the number 71. You can also reach us uh, through our email. And again, folks, we say this because it's true. We are a listener-based podcast. If you'd like to be on the show to express your views on gaming in in general or have a specific uh, uh, point that you want to discuss, send in those requests to be on the show or your questions or your comments about what you've heard to gamingvessels at gmail.com. And we will be sure to get you onto the show and read your uh, comments to us on the air. And with that, folks, we are going to bring this episode to a close. We want to thank you for joining us for episode 21. I am Shonuff71. That is Des the Bay Area Terror, Nemo Cub. And he is the food max of gaming to maximize your gaming dollar. Joe Max. (laughs) And we will see you next week (laughs) with episode 22. Peace. Later. Bye.